Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome to the program. Kevin Hardwick here. Uh, We'll get to our featured guest for this hour, former Congressman Tom Reynolds, of course, with everything going on in the New York 27. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about that. Uh, Before that, however, I want to welcome back to the studio my co-host and my colleague, the chairman of the Erie County Legislature, Peter Savage. Peter, welcome back. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, It it should be noted, for the record, that uh, you are not only the co-host, but you are the official booking agent for this show now. (laughs) Uh, Last week, you got me John Flynn, DA. This week, uh, you landed Tom Reynolds. Do you know everybody politically connected in Erie County? I learned a long time ago it was good to have a wide variety of of skills. I maybe have to think about Very good. Both sides of the political political aisle there. Also, I think a lot of our listeners want to know, uh, is softball season over? I mean, how did the girls make out? We won our house championship. We did. Wow. And that's the end of it. There's no, you, you don't uh, go any further. Well, that's there, it. there may be uh, some travel. So uh, <laughs> there are probably a plethora of games. There were more than a plethora of games. More than, okay. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, uh, Let's let's turn to our our feature guest, uh, Tom Reynolds. Tom, thank you for for coming in today. Uh, just just uh, get a little background for our listeners. Not only were you uh, a congressman from uh, from the area affected by this whole Collins thing, but prior to that, you were the minority leader of the state assembly. Uh, you were also a, a minority leader in the Erie County Legislature. Correct. Yes. Um, and along the way, somewhere along the way, you were Erie County Republican chair. That's uh, that's quite a political life. Uh, do you miss it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, politics is always in your blood. But uh, when you're elected 35 years and both of you are young in the tenure compared to my 35 years. Thank you for saying that. It was, uh, for me personally, a good time to move on. And I have no regrets on that. Loved every minute of it. But uh, it's also fun to be on the sidelines so, now watching it. So what are you doing now? Uh, I'm with uh, Holland and Knight as a senior policy advisor. And uh, I live in Buffalo or Clarence, uh, where my home is, uh, with my wife Donna and my son Mark. And uh, I get on a plane. And commute to Washington fairly heavily, where that uh, is uh, that global law firm has a Washington. So, law firm. so you still reside in your old district, the New York Twenty Seven, right in the middle of the the Clarence uh, community. Yes. Were you as shocked as everyone when the indictment came down against Congressman Collins? Did you did you have any? I, I mean, you you go to Washington all the time. Was this like common knowledge, an open secret there? And just no, took I us don't by think surprise? the indictment was seen. And I, you know. Uh, I think everybody, true to their words, uh, saw the indictment as kind of a shocking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an ethics review, and both of you as county legislators know that when an ethics uh, committee is convened, and there's a standing committee, and I know the chair uh, in the House uh, and the uh, the ranking member, they they have been reviewing another segment of this, which was having when, members of Congress... When the price was going up right. and everybody was buying. Uh, and so... That I saw, that I was aware of, and they 
you know, like like everything else, you kind of hoped they would move along, but they seem to be at a steady but quiet pace out of sight. But but this indictment about it was something about complete related but different because it the price was, was the going down. Saying, yeah. "Hey, you dump stock," or uh, that what his charges were versus different from his son and some others. And I think that was shock to to uh, to most everyone. And I would say that I'm concerned watching both the FBI and the Justice Department within that 90-day range of an election do an indictment Mm -hmm. or a raid or the perp walk just because it's kind of an unwritten thing that if it's crowding the election within three months, stay clear of it until after or do it before. But uh, that doesn't change the fact that they did an indictment based on what they saw. As as a former... Erie County Republican chair. Do you have uh, sympathy for what Nick Langworthy and the other chairs are going through uh, now? I am sure everybody thinks what a great opportunity. I think uh, Chairman Langworthy and his seven other counterparts have a lot of agony here because they've got to kind of sort through it. And uh, just from what I'm reading and conversations I've had, uh, what is lost here is Congressman Collins is a very important role here. And that is his willingness to somehow get off the ticket. Uh, All he has said Mm -hmm. that I've seen, that people seem to be reporting, is he has suspended his campaign. New York law says that he will be on the ballot. uh, And so he's on there unless something happens. And so these guys are on kind of two pieces. What could happen to get it off? And will there be lawsuits? And uh, what that all means. And then on the other side, how do you... How do you find the right and, guy? And in the meantime, however, you've got uh, uh, some infighting, I suppose, among the Republicans. Uh, I, I mean, this has created problems. I mean, the the mo- most notable one, of course, was uh, Carl Palladino and Stefan Mihailu, a bit of a dust-up earlier yeah. in, in, the, in the week. But you've also got, I mean, if you're Nick Langworthy, if you're the other chairs, you've got 20 people who want the job. And assuming they do find a way to get them off the belt, you can only give it to one, which which means you got some people upset with you. Well, that's that, a job of a county chairman. Uh, uh, the elected legislator side well, of us, we're trying to make well, people happy. We'll, we'll let the other, the other side, chairman, the chairman of the Erie County Legislature, who has similar problems, I might add, <laughs> with his caucus, uh, ask the next question. Well, just Tom, just you know, from a national perspective, I, mean, I think... You know, just in our community, obviously this was seismic. But you know, you spent a lot of time in the Beltway. What, what did this What did this news mean from a from a national? Well, standpoint? first of all, you got what uh, some in the media and Ellen Shartak I saw the other day called this a ruby, very very Republican red district. It is. It's the best seat in the state. Uh, <laughs> I've never had a seat like this, uh, even on the Concord Town Board. I don't think was quite <laughs> as ruby red as this, uh, and so. It's, it's a slam dunk normally. So now the National Party has uh, campaigns going. The field, uh, they're trying to contain so it's not got additional types of competitive races just based on trying to hold a majority in a midterm election, which the party in power almost always loses seats. So they're watching. And then the question is, well, can it get fixed or doesn't it? And so it's a little less personal there. It's this seat should be ours as a slam dunk. Do these guys get it right? Don't they? And remember, Congressman Collins has had all these problems while they've been in recess. And uh, while he has indicated he continues uh, to want to serve till his term is over, uh, he's still got to go back among uh, the colleagues uh, of the Congress uh, uh, in that dynamic. But you can bet Washington's watching to see how is this getting worked through. 
Well, if you're if if you are uh, the head uh, of the Republican campaign committee, as as that was one of your jobs, uh, getting Republicans uh, in the majority, um, you you got to be awfully upset with this one because because this was a slam dunk. Yeah. Now you're you're fighting for your life. There's talk of this blue wave and whether it exists or not. It, it you know you you don't want to dump a bunch of money in this race because it's a safe seat. You may have to. And it it brings just another. I mean, this is a congressman indicted, and it's before an election, and it just causes problems yeah. in the image of uh, Congress as a whole. Listen, we have to take a, uh, a quick break. Uh, when we return, uh, Peter Savage, chairman of the Erie County Legislature, uh, will continue to be my co-host. You did well that segment, Peter. <laughs> and uh, Tom Reynolds, a former congressman and a former GOP chair locally and former uh, assemblyman and county legislator, will also be here. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 W-B-E-N. And welcome back to the program. Kevin Hardwick here with my co-host, Peter Savage, chair of the Erie County Legislature, and Tom Reynolds, former congressman. Uh, Congressman, during the break, I got a text from a former student of mine, now a legislative staffer in the Erie County Legislature, uh, Ross Kostecki. He says, don't forget, I mean, I mentioned that you were county legislator, uh, assembly minority leader, and of course a congressman, but he says your most positioned chair, or not chair, uh, clerk of the Erie County Legislature. That was a great job. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, that's if you a, want to come back, just also, also, for, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter would give it to you. Also, a brief time, I was the uh, the chief of staff. I forget what the the, uh, the office was for a few months, waiting to uh, take the seat of uh, Ron Bennett, oh, who went with the uh, became the first assistant county attorney under the uh, Rakowski administration. So much experience. Well, listen, based on all your experience in and out of government. Uh, and and also you're 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 um, acknowledged to be a master strategist and tactician. Where give us some insight. Where do you think this thing is going with the 27th? Right now, uh, I'm surprised they haven't re- gotten Collins off the ballot and replaced him already. Might indicate they're having some some trouble. I would think you want to do that as quickly as possible. Where do you think it's going? And do you have any favorites? Uh, what are the considerations for a successor if they are able to get him off the ballot? And I, I think that if is, is important yet. Um, so we're reading, hey, we're going to get him off. We're going to do this. And uh, one of these guys out of the 15 known people, if you've taken their name off, boom, the county chairs are going to pick one. Uh, I think we've got to go back to the beginning of what this might mean on, on uh, of the vacancy. It takes full cooperation of Congressman Collins to run for another office. Then they have to find that office in kind of an obscure piece. And that's so let's find whatever he's eligible for. And and so why could it be in a township? Well, there's no residency requirement until the day mm-hmm. of election that you must be. And so there there are potential vehicles, but this is murky. So the three ways that in the county legislature that Peter would uh, see that the, his body would fill vacancies, and this is why it's all different and why let's just focus on the federal because it's so much different. And that is you can die while you're in office, and uh, that would set the mechanism. In the, in the state legislature, you can move out of state or locally uh, you could move out of state, and that's pretty clear. 
it's murky based on case law, and some of that comes right from Erie County when then John Powers, as right. a candidate, mm-hmm. tried to move out, and the Second Circuit said, no, I would counsel anyone that don't be counting on him just being able to use the Naples res- uh, residence, and I haven't seen any indication of that. So that gets us to, can you fill the vacancy? Now, I don't know what uh, party chieftains are saying here, but I can tell you from the Washington side, people are saying we're going to court on the Democratic side. We're not about to have this happen in some slick move that we haven't vetted every possible way to keep Congressman Collins on the ballot like the law has. So uh, this is going to be as much in the legal domain. So somebody that everybody agrees on or the majority agree on and they appoint and they vacate their own office, they may find that court will flip that from happening just based on the unknown jet. Here's here's a scenario that makes sense to me, though. If you have someone in whose district he lives now resign, say Ed Rath, who, uh, who represents him in the county legislature, he could run for Ed Rath's district, and Ed Rath could either run for Congress or Ransonoffer could run for Congress, and Ed could run for Senate. Doesn't that make sense? Well, here's the concern. And that's just I one. That's just as a, my, as a hypothetical. Both as a legislative leader and as a old party chieftain, and that is, so you put Collins in the assembly seat, you could blow that. If you put him in the county legislature, you could blow that. Um, and so you're saying we're going to win the uh, the congressional if it works, and then. Uh, well, in the case uh, of you mentioned up, assembly, uh, and I, I wasn't using the assembly example, but if you did, well, they Ray Walter. I mean, I think it's the same thing. It's well, the safest seat in the county for Republicans. Yeah, and, but is it and, safe if Chris Collins is running on well, it? Well, it may or it may not be, but if you lose it, so what? Uh, we're well, down, we're, we're down, we're down 6-5 in the legislature. We'd be down 7-4, but only till next year. I mean, um, this I, is me personally. I, I think that's an irresponsible. Act. The other thing, but the other thing that happens if, if that were to be initiated by, say, Ed Rath, resigning or someone else what happens if the democrats win in court all of a sudden you've resigned your seat you're out in the cold that's exactly that, what that is many people are going so, to start so saying. let me let me ask with all these problems that you bring up is there a chance that collins will unsuspend his campaign i, I and don't run know and, i haven't talked to him but, i think it's unlikely um you know i just personally think at this point he he came back from New York City, uh, when he was indicted, he did a press conference. He was very clear he intended to run. A couple days go by, and he chose that he was going to uh, suspend his campaign. Suspend means I'm just going to stop for yeah. now. But uh, You I, can start up again. He could start up. I, I just think that's unlikely. Tom, just in terms of you know the mechanism you're talking about, there's absolutely going to be legal challenges. I can, I've spoken with party leaders. I've spoken with congressional leaders locally. Um, they see it as, a, as an absolute legal fight. You mentioned the powers example. But back up just to the optics of this whole thing. I mean, just the, the, the gymnastics that would have to take place to, if legally you could get him off the ballot, um, that candidate that replaces, they're going to be saddled with, with, with the Collins you know, problems because you know, undoubtedly it's going to involve some sort of deal with all those parties to, to put that person on the ballot. Which I can tell you from the blue side, we're very excited to get into the, into the ring on, under those terms. What, 
What's your reaction to the, just the general optics of running a campaign under those circumstances? Peter, I've watched the Democratic Party over 40 years do a lot of machinations in the city of Buffalo, Chittawaga, sometimes now Tonawanda, as Kevin's beginning to see. I believe when you have a Republican seat, the most Republican in the state, and also where Trump just blew it out, that there will be latitude of the chairs to do what they have to do in order to put a viable candidate to hold and win that seat, which matters to the eight counties of western New York, uh, at least on the Republican side. But in terms of, of you know, f- two months ago, 30 days ago, nobody was talking about this race. Nobody, you know, there was a candidate. That's what I love about politics. No. <laughs> and since that time, the enthusiasm has picked up. Uh, I know I've spoken with Congressman Higgins and his people. They've engaged. They've engaged the national D-trip to, I, to help, you know, get Mr. McMurray in from the Red to Blue program. So is doing what he should, bring attention to the fact of uh, this is what I'm seeing from the ground. Uh, I would tell you I know full well that some of these party chairs are certainly having dialogue both uh, with the national uh, structure of the NRCC, uh, with the White House, and so, yeah, I, this is kind of lit up a little. Here's the beauty of this. McMurray doesn't live in the seat. doesn't matter <laughs> with any of these others on the Republican side what they are. McMurray has got less money, and it's always had a couple days of uh, bringing a few dollars in. Believe me, when this gets done, if there's a viable candidate, the Republicans will weigh in uh, on this race. But it starts with, what does Congressman Collins do? How smart are the eight county chairs in selecting their best candidate? Can they make that stick as the courts fight it out and review it? And then finally, uh, do they win? And I'm just telling you why, that they'll be Why, the, why the don't you think they've made a move yet? Is it because they can't figure out how to get them off the ballot? No, or I they think really the don't know? More that they, they don't know who the, uh, who the best candidate is. No, I, th- I think they have a little time. I, they don't have time on the calendar. You and all three of us know that it's election day move backwards. Right. So the only right. thing you can't control is the day. Well, of the election. And, and another date is September 19th. Yes, yeah, so which that is, when is they have more to... of why they've got. They've got to figure out the thing to first have the vacancy. And September nineteenth is a. If, if, if someone were to to resign, a a you know it, the the right. thing could be put on the ballot. The so office could be put on the ballot. There's a lot of time with that. Um, I think also with eight chairs, it's can we build a consensus? Um, Langworthy is not foolish. He knows that himself along with one other county chair, can do this. That's not the way to build this. Mm-hmm. It's who is the strongest candidate we can put on the field, and can we get a reasonable consensus here? And uh, I think they have time to do that because the real question is, do they have the vacancy? So so are you planning to come out of retirement? Anyway? No, sir. <laughs> no, no, that's, no, sir. You're, you're taking yourself out. I have uh, certainly never you're, put myself that, in or let anybody consider we, me in. So we only, uh, I am happily retired <laughs> right. from public life. All right. We only have a couple minutes before the break. Let me get back on the, on the machinations of, of the Democrats. You know, we talk about, about how sleazy this might look if, if Collins runs for God knows what and that. But, you know, the same thing may happen after the primary with Cynthia Nixon or a lieutenant governor Let's candidate on the Democrat side. So having served in the assembly, uh, I saw and I knew exactly where the seat was. The Working Families Party is going through their own turbulence. Do we perpetually 
eliminate ourselves with this governor, or do we figure out what to do with Cynthia Nixon if she doesn't win yeah. the primary? So the one rumor I saw was put her on the working families line in New York City in a seat held by Deborah Glick since 1990. She is a liberal Manhattan uh, experienced assemblywoman, and it was a piece where they could put her there. Well, she won apoplectic. Last I knew, she started a write-in of the line so she could open it up for herself and well, register some people. This is Deborah Glick. Yeah, really? So that uh, Nixon uh, wouldn't necessarily get there on primary day because it would be filled. And so, yes, uh, it happens all the time. Let's look at Carl Palladino and Rick Lazio at the state side. Rick was on the conservative party. Um, he was a lawyer, so he had more flexibility. It was like a Bronx judge. Yes. And Carl got the nomination. But but it, but, no, 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 but, no, 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 but, no, but, because Alan Harris is standing, uh, staring at me from across the way. He's here with the bottom of the hour news headlines. These guys, you guys are going to have to take it off air. Man, Peter, my, my guest host is Peter Savage, uh, chairman in the Erie County Legislature. My guest is Tom Reynolds, former congressman. I'm Kevin Hardwick. Uh, Alan Harris is standing by with the news. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930. Welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here. My co-host is Peter Savage, chair of the Erie County Legislature. Also, as I mentioned earlier, our booking agent for the show. (laughs) Tom Reynolds, uh, congressman, former congressman, is our uh, featured guest. Uh, We will take uh, begin to take some calls in the next segment, the final segment this hour. Uh, So uh, if you want to get in line, 803-0930, the number to call. Tom, um, we've talked about the uh, New York 27 race. Uh, We've talked that to death. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, about uh, our party. Peter is a Democrat. You and I are Republicans. I am, I guess you would call me, a Kasich uh, Republican. Um, is is the Republican Party today the same party that uh, it was when, when you left office? No, I think it's uh, uh, an ever-evolving story. It's not just uh, the change from the time I left 10 years ago. Uh, it is today the Trump party, uh, uh, the party uh, that the president uh, leads our, our party. And I think there's uh, certainly um, going back to Jack Kemp uh, and, and uh, being a uh, disciple of his, as many were in this mm-hmm. area, um, he had a conservative-type viewpoint that was different than Bob Dole versus Buchanan, who was a protectionist. versus, And it was a Reagan that kind of had that umbrella dome, and it was communism. And then each wing of the party had this thing saying, hey, you're not really in my party. Um, a couple facts need to come in here. This president uh, now has a higher popular standing among Republicans than what Obama had with Democrats at this point in time or what uh, Bush had uh, when he was president, either uh, Bush. So he enjoys a strong structure within the the Republican Party. And so this party is now, uh, in many respects, the party of Trump. There are certainly disagreements. Our party will have disagreements. It's becoming more of that. But let's look, Kevin, where... Um, it, it seemed mind-boggling to me that anything below the Mason-Dixon line is now red Republican. Uh, West Virginia, the last state to fall from the Democratic ranks. 
And so, yes, the northeast, the upper midwest, uh, and the uh, far west are, are blue areas. And if you look at uh, the states that elected him in the uh, Electoral College, those coasts were uh, weak. But the Great Lakes, I mean, I never uh, was going to put uh, close to Minnesota, win Wisconsin, uh, win uh, Michigan. Obviously, Hillary didn't see it, or well, she well, went up there campaigning. Were you as surprised as, well, the rest of us, with especially Wisconsin and Michigan? Absolutely. Pen- Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, you could see. Pennsylvania, you could see, but Wisconsin. I get taken down that lane, and remember, I've done uh, some of this stuff where I'm always looking. Hey, maybe this is the time we're going to win Pennsylvania. We never do. Uh, This time, uh, Trump winning Pennsylvania helped Pat Toomey secure an election in a tough race for a U.S. Senate candidate. Uh, uh, So. Uh, when you look at uh, some of the others, uh, he had an impact in the Senate, but also in the in the House. So um, the the same instance we saw when uh, we did not agree with many liberal policies of President Obama, I fully expect that the left and particularly the far left, which is just as uh, loud as the far right. Uh, do not see anything they're going to agree on on uh, Donald Trump. Uh, the the fact is, in our party, um, the president has helped a few win, and if they've crossed them, uh, uh, a guy in Arizona that I served with in the House uh, was kind of that never Trump uh, a voice there, and I'm not talking about McCain. Um, and so as that occurred, it cost him the ability he couldn't win the primary. You're a, you're a guy who for years, whether it was uh, when you were with the county legislature, whether you were Erie County GOP chair, certainly minority leader of the New York State Assembly, a, a, a very tough job, or your job as a congressman, you were a numbers guy. You were always looking and, and trying, to, trying to figure out what was going to go where. Give me a couple of uh, uh, predictions. Number one, on the midterm elections, everybody talks about the blue wave. Do you think it's? Uh, do you think that the Republicans are going to lose the House? And then look ahead to twenty twenty in the presidential contest. Well, let's take uh, what the twenty eighteen election. I do believe that history can uh, teach us something, and historically, uh, the uh, midterm election, the party in power loses seats, but. This president enjoys more popularity than we think. Now, we're always looking at what the New York Times and Washington Post will say. Well, he's only got 43-44. Well, that's about where Obama was in his first term, and I can tell you it was with uh, George Bush. So he's actually stronger than them. So uh, when you look at the economy, you look at unemployment, uh, usually you want that um, humming uh, in order to have the strength to uh, to offset those type of odds. So. I believe this is kind of like a World War I trench warfare, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I can tell you that the House Republicans are going to lose seats. We just don't know how many. The Democrats are going to win seats. We don't know exactly how many. The Democrats are saying, hey, we're right in this. This is a hunt. It's a hunt right in the 27th district. It's a hunt everywhere. And it's coming because it's a midterm, and look at all these screw-ups. The Republicans, where they look at this saying, yes, we have exposure, but people are living better. They're feeling it uh, from the economy. They like uh, some of the things they're seeing out of Trump. The question is, who gets that vote out? And that's that World War I trench fight. Do the Democrats get 218 plus or don't they? And Peter and you saw that in the county legislature. We're down to one seat. Do we win it or don't we? Peter, let me ask, ask you. First off, Peter, uh, this trench warfare, World War I, Great analogy. I mean, I mean, I, I haven't heard it yet. But 
for the benefit of of our listeners who cannot see Tom as he's answering, you've been here a few times. Have you ever seen a more animated guest? We're than talking Tom? politics. I, I, I mean, <laughs> the hands are going, and 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 I think he's going to jump out of his chair. He's Spend ten minutes with Tom Reynolds on politics. Then you're going to get you're going to get he's, his energy. He's he's. He's excited he, about this. this. This is a Super Bowl. Well, and, and anybody that tells you they definitely know the outcome, I don't care either side of the aisle. They just don't. Okay, talk to me about 2020. Early, uh, you know, distant early warning. Well, I think uh, the president is uh, certainly signaling he intends to run. He took $3 million in fundraising last Friday on uh, Long Island itself. Um, the, the Democrats are going to have the same startup that the Republicans had, and that is uh, there were 14 or 15 presidential hopefuls, uh, mm-hmm. Kasich, uh, who was a guy I served with and have great admiration for. And so we, we saw that. This time, the Democrats are going to line up, and uh, there's going to be 15. We're going to have some old shoes. We're going to have some brand-new faces, and uh, they're going to have to sort it out. But I will say this. I am an old marketing major that has never seen anyone brand people like this president did over those Republican candidates or uh, as he got into the one-on-one with Hillary. So um, this will be a heck of a 2020, and I think it's to be seen. Now, no argument that Trump is running the party, Republicans are running on the Trump agenda, but, you know, and I don't dispute the popularity within the Republican Party, but what we have seen from the Democratic Party is that those independent voters, um, those tone and temperament voters, those suburban voters, uh, you know, maybe, you know, they're appreciative of some of the changes on the economy, maybe, but, you know, aren't proud of that president. And, uh, you know, we intend to tie that around. I'm glad you brought that up. In 2006, 2008, uh, the independent voters of this county and of the nation had made up their mind. In 06, it was opposition to the Iraq war. In 08, it was plain Bush fatigue. So the independent blank voters said, I'm out of here. I'm voting Democratic. In this race, the independent voters are not locked and loaded that you can't find one to to help you with. They're split. There are certainly suburban women and others with an intensity to oppose that. And so I think suburban seats around the country, Philadelphia, there's other places I've looked, will have some vulnerability of that. But the independent voters, it's up to the Republicans to go earn those. And uh, we've certainly seen that in our county. Guys like Chris Jacobs has won votes by appealing to independents. Kevin Hartwick, if you look closely at his seat, is appealing to independents, some Democrats, and keeping the Republican base in help. Peter, as a a student of politics yourself, are you just not loving this? I mean, here we are at the feet of the master. He's breaking everything down. I mean, it's it's. It's just look. I'm I'm getting writer's cramp writing all these notes. What I need to do? We need more. We need more but, people like Tom Reynolds today serving. That's what yeah. We, you're, you're, you're <laughs> Democrat right. listen, or Republican? Listen, we have to we have to take a break. When we return, when we return, uh, Peter and I are going to take a, a step back. Uh, Tom Reynolds is going to be fielding uh, phone calls uh, from listeners for the rest of the time. The phone banks are jammed right now. You're not going to get in until someone hangs up. But when they do, eight oh three oh nine thirty, we'll get to as many of your calls as we can. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN.
And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here. My co-host Peter Savage and I will be staying over for the next hour. We'll be joined by a couple of other doctors, Dr. Brian Polliner, Dr. Tim Callen. We'll be talking about the New York 27th and we'll be fielding your phone calls. But right now we're going to go to phone calls for uh, former Congressman Tom Reynolds. Uh, let's start with another Tom. Tom, thank you for holding. Uh, you're on with Tom Reynolds. How you doing, gentlemen? How you doing, Congressman? Very good. As a little backdrop to this phone call, I'm in a hotel in Asbury Park, New Jersey. I'm overlooking an $850,000 condominium that belongs to uh, Christopher Collins' son, where his illegal trading took place. Some 25-year-old. Well, well, thank you for that context. <laughs> so listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a few things, and I'll take the answer off air. Okay. In, in the history of this district, especially recent history, you've had Collins getting arrested. You've had Chris Lee doing what Chris Lee did. And even going back as far as to the Mark Foley scandal, which wasn't spawned in our district, but was not handled very well, shall we say. It's not going to be out in the lesson books for great optics. The only person who hasn't embarrassed the district is the Democrat, Kathy Hochul. At what point will the GOP say enough is enough? Okay, Tom, thanks. Uh, We'll take uh, Tom's answer for you off the air or on the air. No, I'll take it on the air. Uh, Look, you're entitled to your opinions. Uh, Kathy Hochul, I consider a friend of mine of the trade, uh, both when she was in local government and Congress, and I talked to her during her times in Congress. Um, I think that Chris Lee did many things well. Unfortunately, uh, he had a very bad judgment that uh, cost him his seat as he resigned. Uh, He was uh, an impactful member of the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, when you're citing mine, uh, Foley had a national implication like Democrats are hoping will be with Chris Collins and that uh, Republicans that have been around will remember. I just want to remind you that uh, I sat before the Ethics Committee of the House, and uh, you'll see starting on page 86 of that report, I was completely clear to that, which was also made evident after uh, some of the media, particularly the national media frenzy, couldn't get to the speaker, and they could get to me much easier in access of my district. Uh, and sure, there's uh, all sorts of kinds of things with that. I think I served in great distinction in the 10 years I was in Congress, and I think uh, the 25 years before Let's that. Let's move on to Pat in Lancaster. Pat, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Thanks. Look, if I'm Chris Collins' defense attorney, I'm saying, no, don't, don't give up your seat, because it goes to the very basis of what he's accused of, manipulating a system for a particular outcome. Why in the world, as a conservative, should I swallow the fact that we're willing to break the rules or bend them at the very least? That violates every single conservative principle I have. And living in the district, I think I would rather stay home than vote for somebody who was placed on the ballot. Mm. You know, and, and what would be a lie? I say let Chris Collins run. Oh. If oh. he wins, he wins. This is... This is the Republicans being guilty of what Chris Collins was. All right. All right. Pat, thank you. Thank you for putting that on the table. You know, he brings up an interesting point. I mean, might people in the base, the Republicans, like Pat, I assume Pat is a Republican, be turned off if uh, anybody but Collins runs? Well, I guess that's going to be history when we see what happens on Election Day, and no matter who's on the ballot, because we don't know. 
Uh, the gentleman is certainly entitled to his opinion, and I think I opened up this program by making it very clear. There is no vacancy until Chris Collins mm-hmm. makes a yes. vacancy, so he will be a full partner in making some of the decision on who is going to be on that ballot in November. All right, let's move on to Tony and Clarence. Tony, welcome to the program. Yeah, uh, I couldn't believe that Chris Collins, who NBC News uh, told us, has a has sixty six million dollars worth sixty six million dollars, couldn't have refrained from panicking in the road in the uh, on the White House grounds to make those calls. He could have taken a million off that sixty six million and had only sixty five million, but he could have paid that the people who were losing money on those stocks and never gone to be indicted. Okay, thank you. Thank you for making that point. I, uh, Tom, I assume you're not Chris Collins' financial advisor? Well, I, I, the gentleman's entitled to his opinion. Uh, obviously, there was an error in judgment uh, if uh, what Mr. Collins is accused of uh, bears out by his uh, jury of peers. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go to Jim in North Tonawanda. Jim, welcome to the program. Yeah, guys, I'm going to get straight to it. Uh Recently, Trump, I don't know exactly where it is, but he, he, went, he was doing a, a, one of his Trump rallies, and the uh, auditorium or the arena, whatever you call it, would only hold 9,000 people. By some strange coincidence, they estimated the total number of people that showed up for that uh, Trump rally at between 25 and 26,000 people. This we're seeing across the country, wherever he goes, and what blows my mind is in 2016, the Rhino Republicans and the left-wing Democrats told us the number of people that show up at Trump rallies is a totally irrelevant factor. You people underestimated Trump in 2016. Now he's going to come back and kick your butt again in 2018. All right. Let's hope Th- so. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that point, Jim. Thank you. Um, uh, there's not much more to say. I mean, he's just uh, you know, nodding. Um, I don't know what the counts are. I didn't see that. Yeah. I know he has standing room only, uh, and they still got people on auxiliary televisions wherever he's going. So he's certainly doing well in the rally business. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that the Hamburg Fair count this week will be as, as accurate as they're estimating. I don't know. Doesn't matter. All right. Uh, if if you're just tuning in, that's uh, former Congressman Tom Reynolds weighing in on the Erie County Fair. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Pendleton. Kevin, wh- thank you for holding. Good morning. Good morning. Fellow traveler, please do not further confuse an already confused, uninformed population of voters who don't know the difference between an independent like myself and the independence party. Because if you are independent like me, you do not belong to the independence party, which you know, of course, is controlled both over here in Niagara and in Erie counties by the GOP. Now, I just want to say the Republican brand is very, very much damaged right now in this region, especially with the history that we've had. So therefore, the best answer right now is a Hail Mary. Find right here in the 27th an independent who will definitely represent everyone. This is the only answer right now. Okay. Thank you for that point, Kevin. An independent in the 27th. Well, I'm hoping some of the county chairs are listening and they can hear the gentleman's advice. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, I think we have time for another call. Let's go to Andy in Lockport. Andy, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. Just wanted to say, Tom, it's great to hear from you again. 
appreciated everything you did for us when you were in Congress. Um, I'm just curious, wasn't Senator Menendez charged with the same uh, offenses, yet he weathered through and is still serving the state of New Jersey? I'm not sure if it's worth creating all of the uh, wildness right now. I believe that Chris may just pull through with a victory, and is there any benefit to that strategy? I'll hang up and listen, and thank you. And okay. I'll, Tom, maybe you'd like to take that seat again? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've already established he's not running, but thank you for the call, Andy. Andy, thanks for your, uh, your comments. Um, I'm not a lawyer, but I would tell you that the Mendez, uh, Menendez uh, trial was more about accepting gifts that he took from a a uh, very close personal friend who was an eye physician. And uh, the Justice Department determined that he crossed the line of what is acceptable as a federal uh, elected official or a fe- federal official in taking those gifts. And uh, in that court trial, he was acquitted. What Congressman Collins is standing under indictment and is attempting to clear his name is on insider trading where they believe they can show proof that he tipped off uh, uh, his son relative to uh, a stock investment on uh, something that he thought was going to become very valuable and uh, they did not pass the test for um, the the medical uh, procedure of what the medical treatment was going to do. And so, therefore, he urged people to dump the stock, uh, or at least his son, as I understand it. So that insider trading has both SEC civil, but also where the Justice Department brought criminal. Tom, Tom, we're almost out of time. We have about 30 seconds left, uh, and I want to thank you for coming here. But I I also hoped you could clear up one thing for me. How come Peter Savage is able to uh, get a hold of you so quickly? I mean, is he have some sort of control over you, or what's your relationship <laughs> with this Democrat? Well, I, I'm an old-school politician, uh, much like you are, which means that I talk to everybody on uh, both sides of the aisle. And Peter was a brilliant young lawyer for several mayors of the city of Buffalo. When I represented people in Congress or the state legislature, I took care of Buffalo as the largest city in our region as well as my district. Well, well i got to stop you now. Not because we're out of time <laughs> and Alan Harris is ready for the news, but Peter we'll is bring just, Tom back. Peter's blushing. <laughs> when we come back, Tom, thank you for being thank here. You. When we come back, uh, Peter will be here. We'll be joined by a couple others. We're going to stay on the New York 27. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 